Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Books Are Chic. I am so thrilled to have this author with me today. She is a New York Times bestselling author, and her first book, The Sanatorium, was a Reese's Book Club pick, which is so major. Her latest book, The Retreat, is out now, and it is what I was just mentioning before, a classic whodunit murder mystery thriller. You will be flipping these pages in record speed. I am so thrilled to have Sarah Pierce with me today. Hi, Sarah. Hi, thanks so much for having me on. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to have you on. And like I said to you just a few minutes ago before we started recording, mm. Ellen is like a character out of like Agatha Christie. Like I feel like she's a descendant of Miss Marple. <laughs> I love that in the best way (laughs) exactly I'm a huge Marple and a huge Poirot fan so yeah either of those I'll take and happily (laughs) I know I like I and I was also just saying to you that I have the sanatorium in my never-ending pile of books that I will get through it's my mission in life (laughs) to just keep reading and keep getting through this pile and of course, when you were picked as the Reese's book club pick, I'm like, oh my gosh, this has to be fantastic. So when I got a co- and I knew when the retreat was coming out, I'm like, I, I really want her on the podcast. I can't wait to read this book. And it was everything and more like it was. Oh, thank you. Creepy. It was you, your mind was putting this book together, trying to, you know, keep all the clues and, and so <laughs> yeah. a plus a plus. Um, but Going back, okay, so like we said, first I'm going to ask you, which I'm sure you've gotten asked a bazillion times, The Sanatorium was your debut, yeah, and this is the first in the Ellen series, exactly. and what was it like to know that you were going to be picked as the Reese's Book Club? Because I can only imagine <laughs> what that felt like. You probably, no one else can see, but you can just see yeah. the minute you kind of mention kind of Reese's book club pick, I go, a uh, big smile. Um, yeah, no, it was honestly hugely just, yeah, probably the, one of the best moments of my life, I'm going to be honest, because, and I could say lots of people have said, was it a dream come true? And genuinely, it wasn't even a dream. It wasn't something I even expected. Um, it's not something your publisher kind of really tells you that they're kind of putting you in for as it were so yeah it was a huge surprise and honestly the moment I got kind of quite a cryptic email from my editor and it said um Sarah can you hop on a zoom call I have some exciting news I mean there were a lot of exclamation marks which was a bit of a clue (laughs) (laughs) there's something there's something good was going to happen um yeah yeah, I hopped I hopped on the call I was in my pajamas because obviously the time difference here in the UK (laughs) I was like oh god I'd better put some clothes on um so yeah I kind of hopped (laughs) on the zoom call and she just told me there and then she couldn't hold it in and it was genuinely I just screamed I think <laughs> um yeah the best moment and what she does what Reese does I think is and I can't kind of state it enough unbelievable because she often picks debuts and I think as a debut author and um, particularly I'm not based in the US either kind of lifting using if effectively her star power and her kind of power of recommendation to kind of lift your book onto a level I genuinely wouldn't have had otherwise so that for me was life-changing I mean you're right like I feel like every book she picks which is, you know, it's female authors, mostly debuts. 
And yeah. they usually just go straight on to the, to the bestseller <laughs> list, which I'm like, which is so well-deserved. And I feel like, you know, she, she really picks and she has such a, a array of picks, which I also love. Yeah. But, I really love that. It's kind yeah. of, it's never, she has some, some sort of thrillers. Then she goes to sort of slightly more literary fiction, but I think, as you say, always the picks are kind of female writers and she's just giving them a whole new audience, which is yes. awesome. Yes. Totally should be celebrated. Do you have to, cause I always feel like when people, when authors announce that they're the pick, it's like, we've been sitting on the secret for so long. Like, did you know, <laughs> like far in advance before your month that was picked or did they did they tell you closer to the time because I can't even imagine being yeah. something like that and then being like you can't tell a single soul oh god that was literally <laughs> the hardest thing kind of sitting on that news and you're, you you know and you know and your publication date's coming up and you're thinking oh my gosh I can't wait it was like waiting for Christmas day when you were a kid it really genuinely was um but yeah no I found out in the December I'm thinking early December so I had like sort of two months to prepare so it wasn't a huge amount of time no um but yeah enough that you were kind of I want this news out there as yeah. soon as possible. <laughs> yeah. I need fireworks to happen. That, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about how you got to writing the sanatorium. Like what is sort of your writing journey to get you here? And now, you know, you're two books in, and I know you've had like lots of articles and short stories, but what sort of, how'd you get here? Yeah, I kind of, I've always loved writing ever since I was a kid, I suppose. And I actually did like English and creative writing as a degree. And it was kind of one of the first degree courses that incorporated um, creative writing in the in the UK. Um, and that was at Warwick. And I kind of, yeah, I sort of always really took my writing seriously. But I think when you're younger, you just kind of, life sort of happens around you. And I think I probably wouldn't have been best placed to write a book um, kind of in my early 20s. I think, mm -hmm. you know, I, I took a job. I worked in PR um, for a while for sort of a, a corporate sort of doing everything from sort of pampers to sort of um, <laughs> washing powder that kind of thing so very very different but always working with words and I knew I'd always come back to writing um, and yeah like you mentioned I kind of did short stories which for me was a, like a leeway into sort of writing a novel um, I just had my daughter um, and I was on kind of maternity leave for my role in PR and um, I suppose it was the first time since my degree I'd really sort of had time for myself which sounds strange when you have a baby but I kind of when the baby napped I really needed that headspace again just for me so I started writing short fiction and had some published and some success in competitions. Um, and yeah, I thought, right, I'm going to kind of write a novel. And it all kind of came from there. And the sanatorium in particular, um, I lived in Switzerland um, when I was in my early 20s for a couple of years. And I was always sort of inspired by the mountains and that kind of like dramatic landscape. So, yeah, I just didn't have the idea, really. And it was when I was out there with my family on holiday, I found an article in a magazine about um, sanatoriums and kind of their sort of legacy um, in helping the winter tourism industry in the Alps. And then also how some of them were turned into hotels. And it kind of very much creeped me out. The idea that, you know, you might stay somewhere that was once this very clinical place where people had obviously lived, been treated and died. Um, yes. Yeah, that captured me. And I thought, yeah, I have the mountains. I have this sort of sanatorium idea. And yeah, boom, it came from there. <laughs> I mean, well, first of all, and I had read that in an article about the sanatorium that you, and I didn't know, you know, that that mm. was like a thing in the Swiss Alps, but it made me think of The Shining and just yeah. like that massive hotel at the beginning and the whole like creepy vibe. <laughs> vibe but, yeah. yeah, creepy vibe. But um, okay, so you get this idea and then you did you have your both your girls or just the one at the time that you started writing the sanitarium? Yeah, no, I had I had both my daughters actually. Um 
and yeah it kind of it was it was quite a hard process I'd say in some terms of carving out time to write I, was I think when you're say, writing yeah go on no go on um when you're writing say, dem- oh no go ahead sorry. <laughs> yeah no I just think when you're writing a debut you don't have the deadline in the same way so obviously I have kind of an agent and that kind of thing but it's not the same as when you you know you you're kind of committed to a contract so yeah kind of maintaining that dedication writing time I think probably any woman will relate um or even indeed man if you're kind of like a stay-at-home dad but kind of that sort of writing sort of process and particularly with writing when you haven't yet been published I think there's that kind of imposter syndrome of should I be taking this time out to write um and I think with my husband's role, you know, he was very much on back-to-back conference calls at the time. And yeah, for him, it was something where he had to be somewhere. He had to be at his desk. But I think as a woman, your time's being pulled everywhere, isn't it? In every direction. Um, and you just have to be so disciplined to say, no, that's my time for me. <laughs> Did you, what were your days like? I mean, cause like I have two children too. And it's like, you're, you are, you're really like trying to be so structured because every mo- waking moment is filled with either a kid thing or you're trying to fill it with Definitely. work or whatever you're doing. So what were your days, you know, your early days writing like yeah. with two kids? Exactly. And I think probably just the perfect, perfect, actually, it's probably started off with a lot of mum guilt, I think, which probably mm-hmm. everyone can relate to. I think just kind of getting over that barrier of no, I'm going to carve that time out for myself was the first thing. But yeah, my days were kind of very much if the children were at school, I would write during sort of the school day, um, which was good, because I think my youngest, it wasn't until she started school, did I really ever get that time. I kind of when they were napping, when they were toddlers, that's fine. You had time. But when they kind of grew out of that nap, I found that quite a struggle. So, yeah, firstly, they were kind of at school. So I'd write kind of in the day. But then obviously you have the school run and general chores and, you know, whatever's going on. Um, And yeah, actually, my writing time, my husband and I have discussed this a lot, actually. And he was saying it's really interesting how you felt you had to do that. My writing time was squeezed into what should have been leisure time for me. Um, So weekends and holidays. So my husband would actually take girls off on kind of like a three day break and I would write during what was meant to be holiday Um, because, yeah, not that. I wasn't working during the week (laughs) Um, but yeah that's kind of how I got it done was actually carving out times of sort of leisure time really which I get I'm sure every writer and every mum understands. (laughs) Yeah and I mean that's it's always so incredible to me to hear moms talk about how they made it you know happen because life is drastically different with small people. And, you know, you probably thought like, oh, geez, if you had done it when you were younger, but like you had said, the sh- you know, the short story sort of helped build that up. It would have been so much easier if you were just worrying about you and you could write whenever, Definitely. however long and, you know, yeah, you I still take your holidays. <laughs> I know. I genuinely, I dream, like I sometimes read kind of like interviews um, with writers and, you know, of any gender, but kind of who don't have the commitments. And they're like, yeah, I sit down at my desk at seven and I'm there through until five. And then, you know, I'll go for a walk, have dinner, and then I sit back down at my desk and I'm like, that's, that's not me. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure no. it's like chaos and you're just like, you know, like I said, utilizing yeah. whatever minute that you have. So, exactly. okay. So with the, this, you got the idea for the sanatorium, which obviously that to me just, yes, like screams thriller. This is going to be like a murder mystery. But when you sat down to write, or, you know, thinking about writing a novel, did you know that you would be like a thriller mystery writer? Like, is that something that I know you said you were an Agatha Christie fan, but like, is that one of your favorite genres? Like, how did you sort of fall into that category? Yeah, it is. I had actually started writing a novel. I suppose it would kind of be more categorized as like a family drama. 
so a story about a family but it kind of didn't really work and fit together and I think thrillers are something I've always loved reading it's something uh it's kind of book that whichever mood I'm in I think that's probably the best way to describe it I'm I'm can be a mood reader but I think thrillers kind of cut through any mood I have so if that kind of sort of page turning propulsion of a thriller and I think probably the idea of the sanatorium really lent itself to that and I think I've been kind of in a phase where I've been reading lots of good thrillers I love Joan Esbo um, as an author and some sort of scandy crime um, yeah, and I just I just really thought this sort of idea lends itself and I love the structure you get within a thriller. And I think as a debut and as as any author kind of thing, I think if you have that structure that the thriller sort of genre lends itself to, that's immensely helpful. I could kind of almost see sort of boxes being ticked in a way as, as I was going through. Um, and I kind of had the beginning, a middle and an end, which I think in other genres can be a little bit trickier to sort of work out. So, yeah, I think thrillers are definitely my my genre. <laughs> I mean, they are because I feel like, um, like I said, the character of Ellen Warner, who is your main character in both the books, and and I don't know, I'm going to ask you later, but wondering if we're if you're going to still continue with her because I just love yeah. her. But oh, um, thank you. <laughs> she to me is just this classic detective, and and I know I've mentioned it a couple times, but while I was reading it. They're just you, you, there are so many good thrillers, so many good murder mysteries and authors are so creative in their ways of sort of structuring it or putting it together. And as a reader, you know, you're trying to figure out what happened, who did it. But Ellen to me was so just classic and the way that your novels are structured, you're leaving every chapter with a cliffhanger, which is, I think the best. And, um, and so yeah, I just I just love the way that it's structured and it goes by so quick because you just want to figure out. And when you think you have it figured out, you <laughs> twist it and there is something in there that you're like, nope, it's not this person. I thought it was this person. It's not this person. So, um, so yes, the, you, Thriller is 100% your thing. Um, oh, thank you. But the retreat. So, okay, you took us from the Swiss Alps, this Lux Hotel. Now we're switching destinations for the retreat (laughs) we're on this beautiful island um in a same I feel like luxe setting and you're the setting was a huge character in the retreat which obviously I feel like is probably the same thing with the sanatorium so is that something that is like first for you when you're sort of developing an idea because I feel like that's also something that like you do really well Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's a really good question because it actually is. It's definitely the setting. I think if I know that I have a setting, I probably I'm excited by um, in terms of describing. I love thrillers where the kind of setting itself or like the building and the sanatorium really becomes sort of a character within the book. Um, Yeah. So if I have that kind of setting and this the island that the retreat is set on is kind of off the Devon coast and it's kind of the the real one that it's based on is actually quite close to sort of the mainland. But the one in sort of my my head is a little further out. And it's kind of the idea of an island itself always just generally sort of excites me as an idea. The idea that you can't kind of easily get to escape if kind of an extreme of weather comes in. Yeah, there's sort of nowhere to hide. And um, I think if you have that kind of setting, as I say, that you can feel and imagine in your head, I hopefully that comes across to the reader. I think for me, I really felt I was on the island while I was writing it in quite like a cinematic way. And I think if, if you're excited by that kind of idea and you can inhabit it as an author, hopefully then that kind of translates to the reader. So yeah, it's definitely a must sort of beginning stage for me is working out that location. Yeah, no, you definitely feel transported to this place and just all the, um, 
exact details that you give about the scenes where things are happening. And and I think this was a perfect like summer beach read because you're literally on the water (laughs) at the beach, basically. Um, Is there on the Devon coast, and I don't know much about, is it more rocky coast there or do you guys have beaches? Is that, that's where you're from, right? Yeah, exactly. That And yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting because we have beaches, but yeah, the landscape changes quite dramatically. So um, we've got a lot of sandstone without getting too deep into geology, <laughs> which makes <laughs> our cliffs this kind of bloody red colour. It's really amazing. And our ah. sand is actually like a reddy brown. Um, but like you kind of go a mile along kind of closer to where the island sets and it's limestone and it's all grey stone. It looks very Mediterranean, actually. Um, I've taken some photos from my Instagram. People have gone, oh, my God, I can't believe that's the UK. But yeah, we have kind of both. So we have the beaches, we have the sandy beaches, but we do have this sort of very dramatic kind of rocky coastline as well, which, yeah, is quite inspiring. <laughs> I know. I, I I feel like I haven't I don't know much about like the the British coast and and I was able to go to London once which was like the trip of my dreams but I yeah it was amazing but I had previously talked to um the author Lucy Clark who actually in her episode shouted out the retreat because that was her last favorite read (laughs) oh that's amazing thanks Lucy but she (laughs) also yeah me too and she also was talking about the coast and stuff so I just it's so interesting to me um which then I feel like I need to go on like a deep dive and look up pictures of of yeah definitely there's honestly there's so much like around here like Cornwall is kind of more famous I suppose to people kind of abroad um but I would say like the Devon coastline obviously I'm biased because I live there but um yeah it's just really dramatic these red cliffs and oh yeah it's just beautiful and like where I live in particular we have quite a lot of um greenery that comes right down to the shoreline so yeah you've got these beautiful woodlands which just kind of drift down to the beach it's quite yeah it's quite lovely (laughs) oh that's so beautiful so okay give everybody a little synopsis about what the retreat is about yeah, so the, the retreat, um, just first of all, I'd probably say it can be read as a standalone. Yes. Um, so it's a second sort of Ellen Warner novel, but you don't kind of need to have read the sanatorium um, in order to enjoy it. I think it probably helps with the characters, but yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely fine to read as a standalone. And we follow Ellen again on a new case, and it's set um, on an island, uh, Carey Island, off the South Devon coast here in the UK, and a luxe retreat has been built there. And it's actually been built um, and, des- well, designed by Ellen's boyfriend, Will, Uh, without giving away any way any spoilers that kind of feeds into the novel Um, and yeah Ellen's kind of back at work after her kind of career break first sort of case she's working again and a woman's body is found on the rocks below the yoga pavilion um, at the retreat Um, and at at first glance it appears to be an accident but kind of not everything's quite what it seems and Ellen's sort of thrown headlong into another case. And where how like where did the idea why Ellen like where did she come from? Yeah, Ellen for me is, <laughs> there's some, um, everyone says, is Ellen I love you? her. Definitely, definitely <laughs> not. Oh, thank you. I think she's quite a controversial character. Um, but yeah, Ellen for me is kind of, I really wanted her to be unapologetically herself. Um, and I really wanted to play with the idea um, of kind of someone being quite open with their emotions. I think as women, um, and it plays into some of the ideas I touched on in the sanatorium, we're often kind of, if you are showing your emotions, particularly in the workplace, it's sort of frowned upon. And I think we're meant to kind of almost act in quite what's seen as a traditionally masculine way in order to kind of progress in our careers. And I think actually what a lot of people see as weaknesses, that kind of being open with emotion, being able to see our flaws, perhaps sort of, you know, getting upset about things from time to time. All of that is actually female strengths. And I kind of wanted to position Ellen as a 
detective that's a little bit different from the norm. She isn't acting in that traditionally masculine way. She has experienced this trauma. And it's kind of, rather than being totally buried, it's a little bit there on the surface. And it's interesting, I've done a few book clubs in the US where people said they really related to her, but they found it really unsettling that she was like that. And it kind of made them question their sort of perceptions of how they judge women. Um, yeah, so she's quite a different detective character, I'd say. But I genuinely believe a lot of people have all those feelings and anxieties and insecurities and still function in their jobs. Um, but I just think we get used to burying them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, and I love that about her. I mean, and also, you know, she has, aside from working the case, she has these other connections and relationships that yeah. are affected by it, but also, you know, she is a determined, persistent detective <laughs> yes, persistent. who is on the case and ready to and ready to put everything together. But just going back to what you were saying before, yes, I read this first. And to me, it, it was just like the gateway into all, you know, I need to read. Now I have to go read the sanatorium because I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is you. amazing. Um, but I, yeah, I just there are certain books where you're just fully immersed into a setting. And, and this for me was one of them. And, and I just, aside from the whole plot and the mystery and everything, you really did feel like you were at this retreat and you were like, Oh, oh I need you. to go on like a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully no murders happening. While and no it. murders, yeah. <laughs> no bodies are showing up. Um, but Will you continue with her or will, do you want to take a break and do something else? Cause I always find that authors, um, you know, some authors just do straight series and that's like their thing. Mm. And then some people will do a few, then do some like a standalone, completely different then you know, leave the fans sort of wait anxiously <laughs> yeah. waiting and be like, surprise, she's back. But I'm she's just back. curious, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> curious to see what, what your plan is. Yeah, like there's kind of um, a a bit of a narrative arc. If you've read the sort of sanatorium and then obviously you go on to read the retreat, it's kind of like almost like a secondary narrative arc running through about this character that's sort of watching Ellen. Um, And yeah, book three, book three, (laughs) there's kind of watching at the end and you're sort of left on again a bit of a cliffhanger. Um, And book three is very much tying up that story, um, which is really exciting. So yeah, definitely sort of three Ellen books. And then I am, will be writing a standalone. Uh, good question <laughs> after that. Um, but yeah, I may well return to Ellen. I'll have to see what the sort of readers think, I suppose. <laughs> yes, that was exactly. Okay. That just flashed back the last like five pages is it was not neatly tied up and packaged and complete. <laughs> no. And you're literally like, okay, now, like now what? Now it's like, Sarah, you got to like, you know. Yeah. Tell us more. Just tell us more. Okay. I love that. I like totally forgot about that. Okay. So that's, that's amazing. And I also feel like, but I don't, this 1000% could be a series, a TV series. Oh, yeah. So we, that's need interesting. To, <laughs> we need to make that happen somehow. Like I was actually reading it thinking like this would be the perfect, she would be the well. perfect <laughs> series. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I uh, know the sort of film rights have been uh, sold um, and it's kind of like sort of film rights with potential to a series so it might be potentially could be a standalone film um, or potentially could be a series so um, yeah keeping my fingers crossed because obviously you know rights get sold but it doesn't necessarily mean it gets sort of made immediately so um, yeah watch the space <laughs> okay yeah we have high hopes I feel like there are so many things that you see like you're like oh my gosh this is you know the rights have been sold or this is in development and I know it's sort of like a long process but 
very long. We will keep good energy and vibes going for that. So, okay, perfect. Um, Okay, now, Sarah, we're going to do Sarah's chic list. I just have to bring the questions up. Okay, so I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Um, Okay, what three celebrities, authors, figures, living or dead, would you want to have a book club with? Oh, I think probably someone we mentioned kind of first off, Agatha Christie. So um, I think it's probably well known. You could look back at interviews and kind of find out sort of which book she loves. But one really interesting thing, I think, if we were to do a sort of um, dinner party or something book club with her now would be to understand what books now she would like to read. I'd mm-hmm. be really intrigued as of like all of the current thrillers. What would she make of kind of lots of books that kind of very much been sort of, um, yeah, inspired by her? I'd love to sort of see. I think she was at the forefront of that kind of murder mystery and the locked room mystery. And so many books have kind of come since. So, yeah, she'd have to be kind of quite high up on the list, actually. Um, yeah. And so the second one, I think, and this is probably a bit of a niche um, thing. Um, I love Lewis Hamilton. I love Formula One, uh, Grand Prix racing driver. Um, he, for me, is just one of the most inspiring figures ever. Um, he kind of literally sort of came from, he didn't have a background in racing driving. It was just sort of really kind of hard work support from his father kind of got him into that position and I'd love to know if there's any books he read that inspired him he's quite into a lot of sort of motivational thinking and he has kind of like a performance coach so I'd be really interested to know does he read or does he listen to anything that kind of gives him those sort of good vibes and energy um yeah I don't know do you follow Formula One in the US I don't know if you well I've definitely seen it um I don't follow it as much but I do know who Lewis Hamilton is which I'm like I love that I did not expect that to come out of God, honestly, I have. Oh, thank you. I have to be quite niche because on Twitter and kind of things, I follow all of these sort of Formula One things, but it's kind of it doesn't fit quite with my book world, so I have to kind of quietly like things. And yeah, (laughs) I love that though. It's like a little surprise. You're like, oh, a fun fact. Yeah, and then I think probably the third person would be someone that just yeah, whose books I've always loved. Um, looking up my bookshelf, I think I can see one now. Is Joe Nesbo. Um, so he's written a series of books featuring Harry Hula. I think it's pronounced. Lots of people say Harry Hole, but I think the kind of correct way is to say Harry Hula, um, who's a detective. And he kind of very much inspired Ellen in, so, in a, quite a few ways, actually. He's a very flawed character, but very real to me. I think he doesn't shy away from kind of, yeah, showing him warts and all, which I love in fiction. So, yeah, I'd love to see kind of what books inspires him, what books he's reading now. And yeah. I love that. That's a, that's a perfect, it encompasses all things Sarah. So that's, that's (laughs) what we want. Um, Current binge series. Binge series. Does it have to be anything detective-y or can it just be No, it's whatever, anything. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm a bit of a closet Bravo fan. Um, (gasps) Oh no. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, don't be in the closet about Bravo. Bravo is fully celebrated on Books or Chic. I'm I'm celebrating all things Bravo. I just was wrapping up Beverly Hills. So you, you celebrate that, Sarah. Don't even be, we could talk all day about Bravo. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) So I'm, my husband and I, I've got him into Bravo and we kind of, we have to kind of get a special channel here called Hayu where we can watch them all kind of coming on live. But um, yeah, I'm a huge Below Decks fan. Mm-hmm. Um, just doing Below Decks Down Under right now, which I love. I'm a huge Summer House fan, which I'm also majorly binging. And I'm really loving kind of the Real Housewives um, sort of on tour, is it? Kind of when they go to a different... Oh, um, like the Ultimate Girls Trip. Yeah, the Ultimate, that's sorry. Yes. That's it, the Ultimate Girls Trip. So I'm currently watching the X Housewives with like Tamra and Vicky and Dorinda. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, yeah, just loving that. So I'm waiting live for each episode to drop. But um, yeah, because it's just so great because I've watched them in New York and kind of Orange County and now seeing them get together, it's just delicious. But yeah, it's so good. It's so good. I <laughs> love it. Oh my gosh. I see you're like, you're surprising me with every answer. But yes, I am a huge Bravo for life. Love. Um, okay, last, last favorite book in current read. So last favorite book, it's actually read it probably a few months ago now, but it's, I think it's definitely going to be, if not the book of the year, but one of them is A Flicker in the Dark by Stacey Willingham. Um, yeah, I have you read it? I haven't just, read it, but uh, it's, in the, it's in the pile, Sarah. <laughs> it's in the pile, yeah. Well, it's kind of for me, I don't know, it's probably more familiar for me, for you because you're in the US, but I love books that kind of transport me away from the UK and kind of in a different setting. And it's kind of in swampy Louisiana. Um, and yeah, it follows a girl whose father was like, um, was a serial killer. Um, and he's kind of in prison for that. And kind of, obviously he's in prison, but the, then the kind of murders for the similar signatures start happening again. Um, and yeah, sort of the fallout from that and kind of like her investigating. And it's just written so beautifully and so immersively. I think she kind of, I think Stacey's sort of from the area and just conjures up that world. And I just felt I was there kind of in the heat and yeah, the swampy environment, loved every moment of it. <laughs> okay, yeah, that I've heard really good things about it. So that's good to know. And what's your current read? I'm reading a book called Wake by Shelley Burr. It's just kind of a very sort of opening stages of the novel. And again, it's sort of another sort of very um, atmospheric, uh, very sort of rooted in, in where it's based. Um, and it's set in Australia. Um, and it follows um, a lady called Mina, whose sister went missing um, quite a while ago. And she's sort of contacted by a private investigator called Lane. And they sort of try to work out kind of what happened. But in doing so, I'm kind of going ahead now because I haven't read on you kind of find out sort of what really happened to her and the fallout of that sort of in the town is quite huge. And again, it's just rural Australia and very atmospheric, loving it. Ooh, that sounds really good. Okay. Um, describe your writing space. Uh, my writing space is essentially anywhere um, that doesn't have children's things on. I'd love to say <laughs> I have one of those kind of very neat offices and very kind of set aside, but occasionally it's kind of here, which is sort of an office space, but my husband shares it. So if he's working, it can be in the bedroom or the kitchen. I'm not particularly fussy. I think it's a legacy of being like a youngest kid. I kind of got used to working wherever I could and wherever those space. So yeah. <laughs> You're a flexible writer. I am, um, yeah. Name something chic. Well, something chic for me is something that kind of makes you feel comfortable, but kind of also glamorous kind of um, when, are we talking clothing? Can I say Anything, like, anything you yeah, want. Yeah, something, something chic for me would probably be like a really kind of, yeah, nice dress that makes you feel good. You could wear it out. You could kind of have it in the day. Yeah, clothing that makes you feel comfortable but good. Oh, love that. Love it. Um, do you have a favorite book that you gift? Mm, yeah one I've gifted a few times actually but it's just sort of my favorite book overall I've also kind of gifted I probably have a copy down there an audio book is a book called The Little Stranger by Sarah Walters she's a British novelist who kind of writes historical fiction um and it's kind of very very creepy ghost story which I love so yeah I'm kind of constantly handing that Ooh, one out <clears throat> okay that sounds good um if you could have one song as the theme song of your life what would it be and why Oh, theme song. That's quite a tricky one. Probably, I was thinking about this earlier, actually, um, sort of favourite songs. My daughter and I often sing along to songs. And there's one kind of recent song, I don't think it's maybe a few years old, by American authors called The Best Day of My Life. Oh, yeah. Um, and it kind of, yeah, I won't sing it because I'm a terrible singer. But it kind of, yeah, it sort of sums up a lot about kind of dreams um, and sort of holding on to those dreams. 
Um, I might use it in a reel at some point. I've watched this face. Um, but yeah, it's kind of just for me a bit like my writing journey about holding on to that dream. It sort of seems impossible at the beginning, but hold on. And yeah, it could be the best day of your life. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's it's my son's. It's one of his favorites. So we have it on repeat oh, all the time. Yeah, we have yes. been on the And on we're the like bopping. And then I'm like singing along and I'm like, oh, geez, but it is good. I have to say it it's a good, very yeah. positive, good song. So I love that. Um, must have beauty item. A lipstick. Every time. What shade? Yeah. Uh, I kind of go shade? for quite a, like a natural, probably what I have yeah, on now. It's pretty. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I like kind of Charlotte Tilbury Pillow Talk. It's quite like a natural shade. Um, but yeah, I just for me, if anything else, as soon as I put on lipstick, I kind of feel ready to sort of face the world. No other piece of kind of makeup has that effect. So yeah, lipstick every yes, time. <laughs> I love it. Well, now this is a perfect segue into this question. If you could name one lipstick after a book, what would you call it and what shade would it be? Oh, gosh. Probably um, elusive. Um, and I don't know if you've read The Talented Mr. Ripley by Patricia Highsmith. It follows, yeah, his his character in there is very elusive. And even by the end of the book, I'm kind of like, do I really know him? I think she wrote it so, so well. He's kind of the slipperiest of characters. So, yeah, it would kind of be quite a muted, indistinct shade because, yeah, like him, you don't kind of ever... You can yeah, kind of quite opaque as a character. <laughs> yeah, you don't really know what you're getting. I agree. I love that. Yeah. Um, and last, best advice you've ever received? Um, probably be kind. Um, yeah, I think it's sort of, for my family, I think one thing, all of them are very, very kind people. And I think wherever you go in kind of jobs or in your personal life, um, if you're nice to the people around you, it definitely sort of, yeah, it not only makes you feel good, but kind of, yeah, makes them feel good. Yeah. I love that. Love that. Okay. So we have, so both books, the sanatorium and the retreat are out now. We're getting a third to wrap it up. Yeah. And then we're getting something completely different. Still thriller yeah. mystery. Definitely. Yeah. Another okay. thriller mystery, but yeah, just the lovely chance to sort of spread my wings and explore something new. Yes. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. And where can people follow you on Instagram? Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram on at Sarah Pierce author. So kind of all one word um, and the same on TikTok, but I'm definitely more active on Instagram. Okay, fine. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for taking time to chat with me. It's you're so lovely. And these oh, books are so you. fabulous. And everybody has to go out and read them. <laughs> Reese oh, told wonderful. us to. So. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> thank you. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We will see you next week.